I know this might be a little odd to do. Um, first of all, welcome. welcome. Um, while we have Brian with us, I would like for us to talk a little bit about dogs. Mm-hmm. Now, some of you may wonder why that, those two would go <laughs> So, how, how could we... So, I'll, I'll just tell you. Uh, Ryan is a person who works with dogs, who trains dogs, or perhaps we could say trains people to mm-hmm. have dogs. <laughs> Might be a better way to... Uh, frame that, and um, is interested in writing a book about this from a, an awareness practice perspective. Yeah. And and as I looked at it, we talked about it a little bit a long time ago, um, and I don't know whatever happened with that, but uh, as I've looked at it a little bit, because I know not everybody here uh, is a dog person or has dogs in their life or that sort of thing, but you know... I think as we start talking about it, we'll realize that it's all one subject, mm-hmm. right? Whether we're training dogs or ourselves, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's all one process. So I would love for us to do that. And it, can you direct us at all, or? Um, <coughs> well. I can say that it is my experience that it is all one thing. That the paying attention and the kindness and the presence is, you know, compassion is very much uh, in step with practice. And, um, <clears throat> and there are some things where Which we often feel about ourselves. Sure. Right? Um, And so, I guess I'll say that the dogs here are the dogs that people come and want. They're they're polite, they're quiet, they're friendly, they're happy. uh, And, um, and people here are doing a lot of paying attention, and so, I'm kidding. Is there a (laughs) connection there, huh? Yeah, and, and you know, so in terms of what most people want is how do I get my dog to not do this and not do that and not do this? Mm-hmm. And that's um, it's a fair question. Well, <coughs> excuse me, it's interesting too, isn't it, that when you mentioned the three year old child, that's much of what child rearing is. Mm-hmm. Right? There's mm-hmm. far less about what we're doing here and how to do that than don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. So how does it, how do we get dogs and children and ourselves to do what we choose rather than? Um, so at the San Francisco Academy for Dog Trainers, where I attended quite a few years ago, I think the year before I did nothing wrong with your retreat here. Uh, and any number of other places, or in 
would say my conditioning. So we condition the dogs. And uh, in sort of earlier set of conversation with this initially, so maybe there's a distinction between training and conditioning that can be brought to bear. And I can say for myself, knowing those tools of conditioning, how they apply to shape behaviors, have been massively insightful to my personal practice. Mm-hmm. Having just that terminology and that, even before I ever was exposed to this practice. Mm-hmm. And so sort of like having a sense of how it works. Um, and so that also, I don't think if you were to go, well, it's actually, you'd have to do it online now. I don't think they're offering classes in San Francisco, but if you went to that academy, um, it would seem a lot more compassionate than what we think of as conditioning. So, uh-huh. so it, what you're saying is uh, dog trainers are perhaps learning to be kinder in that process than, than human to human? Um, I think probably most dog trainers, especially anyone who has aspirations of earning money at it, is much better in kinder with the animals than they are with other people. That was uh-huh. projection. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Not sure if that was your question. Yeah, no, it it, uh, it was that uh, that yeah. So if we bring it back to children, what I've watched with children is that there's not particularly more kindness, but there's a great deal more indulgence. Mm-hmm. which I think sometimes is supposed to be kindness. Yes, and that's actually sort of at the place mm-hmm. where I think there's a big gaping hole in there. You can just a million dog training books. Someone has probably already written Zen and Yard Dog Training. I haven't seen it, but you know, there's so many books. But there's a big hole, I think, in the compassion, in the spiritual connection of caring for other creatures, mm-hmm. in a way that we're all one. Um, and I would say also with that, that there was traditional training is pretty tough, mm-hmm. uh, pretty rough consequences. Very easy to recognize that as conditioning, what we think of conditioning. And um, then, about the time I did some dog training in the middle 90s, I did a sort of upwelling of a more positive reinforced, more uh, gentler methods. And I would say that it has gone to the place of sort of indulgence into where you're just really sort of expected to put up with anything if you can't. <laughs> if you can't train it out just by feeding the dog for doing the right thing, uh-huh. you know, then, then you're supposed to put up with it, I think. And so... There's a, and there's still a bunch of so the backlash now is the anti-modern gentle Right. Go ahead and hit them on the top of the head they jump up. Well, and, and in a sense, because it gets it over faster, mm-hmm. in a way it is kinder than a million nagging paper cuts, you know, like that, but a million mm-hmm. paper cuts mm-hmm. of, conti- you know, now, I don't know, it's very, very much like an indulgent parent mm-hmm. with the three-year-old less hyperjacked again. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a constant barrage of displeasure, uh, rather than a clear no. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so in some ways, I would say that like people who I think are very 
consistent enough, are, are very effective with the more traditional uh, novice kind of techniques, and they do get results, and I respect that, um, rather than taking people's money and not really giving them results. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a middle way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've actually been looking at it quite a lot, um, and and it's that um, it, the first thing that strikes me, and I'm hoping other people will join in here a bit. The first thing that strikes me is the assumption that someone else is not intelligent, which of course almost all human beings have with every other creature, including human beings. <laughs> There's just the assumption that. Um, that they need to be bullied or manipulated or uh, whatever it is um, rather than the assumption that I think we could have that, that this creature is intelligent so if we go with dogs is intelligent and aware and able to pay attention and I would project wants to please now, I'm sure that there are folks where that's not the case, but just generally speaking, that that's, that it's possible to be with and communicate with a creature in a way that establishes a, a mutually um, fulfilling relationship rather than one of uh, ownership and uh, owner and owned. And I, in my experience anyway, the downside of that is it takes a lot of paying attention. Mm-hmm. With kids or with dogs. Anyone else want to join our, our little... Yeah. I'm trying to practice restraining this. <laughs> um, but what keeps coming up is the menu of Joey Asper. The attention is the purest and highest form of generosity. Mm. And I would say love. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, one time when we were having this discussion recently after the topic was brought up, um, <clears throat> I was talking about how it was so obvious to me. It's a whole different ballgame in like the last year with baby. Um, but before that, that um, there's a direct correlation between where my attention was and what she was doing. So, for example, um, she tends to when she can't follow me everywhere, right? And and she's very motivated by eating anything, <laughs> preferably gross, you know, <laughs> and. Um, so I'd be going to do something and say, a really good example of it was when I'd be checking in with the person who was doing some building for us. And it was as soon as my awareness collapsed, she was gone. Uh-huh. But if my awareness was expanded, even though I wasn't saying you know, anything, she was just right there with me. But as soon as it was like, as soon as she was part of this, why stick around? <laughs> and it was so interesting because I really have, I've had such a workshop in, um, uh, 
gosh, just everything you just said, basically that place of, um, the other thing that came up in the discussion we were talking about it before was this place of, God, I don't want to have to be paying attention to where she is all the time. I don't want to have, you know, that conditioned place of like, ugh. And to realize that's the gift and that's what I've said yes to. Like, it's, this is both a responsibility and a huge gift. Mm-hmm. And that there's, it feels like that place where you were saying there's a, almost a relationship and it feels like attention is the relationship. And she, as far as I can tell, she, she wants to, she's a very people dog, so she wants to be with us. She wants to be with <coughs> us. Um, but she'll, she's happy to go do her thing and entertain herself and get into uh-huh. whatever. Mm-hmm. If there's no, I mean, there's like no relationship, relationship, right? Just mm-hmm. like kids will do. Okay, well, I'll go dig holes and go whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that place of when I come back too, when I'm back here, then, okay, it's my responsibility to go get her. Not because I'm mad, right? Not, which, you know, I might be. There's a whole thing going on. But it's not her fault. Uh-huh. If that makes it's sense. not her fault that you went unconscious. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now this could be a hard sell for most people <laughs> who actually don't uh, aspire to be to want to pay yeah, yeah. Uh, consciously aware, yeah. And present all the time. Yeah. Well, and not that that's a rough place, really. I mean, being a parent, being a having a pet, and I don't want to pay attention. That is a hard place mm-hmm. because you're not. You're going to have to do things. You're going to have to have techniques because that's the only way to manage the behavior and be hopefully at all times, but not present. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It just, it, I don't know. It's well, it's like the kids on leashes. Yeah. You know, you think, well, I don't want to do anything about this, and I also don't want the kid under the car, so a exactly. uh, leash seems like a good middle way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I could say a lot more about <laughs> For now, huh? Yeah. I uh, I remember the conversation we had. It was a very powerful conversation. And, um, and uh, did you ever hear that, Brian? Did anybody ever send it to you? I have not. I was told there was a conversation, and I may have interpreted that at some point. There might have been a recording or some notes or something that I would mm-hmm. I had not. Received. There definitely is. You still have it? Yeah, I have. Yeah. We'll get it to you. Yeah, I'd like to listen. <laughs> it's <laughs> okay. Uh, because, yeah, just what Jen was pointing to, I, I, you know, in the conversation, I just saw it is, it is training for the human to take on that responsibility, uh, you know, whether it be a, a, a pet, a dog, or a child. <laughs> and, and just seeing that resistance to to engage in that way is that resistance to, you know, this wanting to go off with conditioned mind, you know, and wanting to have options to go to sleep, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, just, uh, and, and to just see what a kindness it is, um, I mean, what an incredible training, what an incredible training to say yes to that. And to just take it as an opportunity. 
So maybe everybody who does monastic training should be given, you know, a, not a dog, but a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like you right through your childhood, right through. I, I never. <laughs> I was, you know, that was like the last place I wanted to go. And after that conversation, I thought, you know what. Uh, and that's what it takes. <laughs> I will take. Well, one of the things that fascinates me about uh, condition, conditioning, just conditioning, the number of people who hate to be interrupted. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And what is the interruption? Mm-hmm. It's not. I'm going to be brought out of conditioned mind and forced to be here mm-hmm. and deal with what's going on around me. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be left alone. Is it, that's a heck of a good time. Yes. And, and, and <laughs> as, as if I'm alone. Well, yeah. Right? When actually I'm, right. I'm deeply engaged here. Right. Which is like so many other things. I mean, it's just so easy to go along with it without ever examining what the heck is going on. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I don't want to talk. I don't, you know. I, you know. My, my uh, little motto, you know, plants. I don't. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be brought out of my little yeah. whatever it is that I've got going on in order to have to be here. Yeah, I just want to snooze, mm-hmm. and you're interfering with my snoozing. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, and then I, I think even maybe in that training of, of animals, maybe that's what people are trying to get to with the animal. That it's just like on autopilot or something. Mm-hmm. That it's, yes. You know, that it doesn't bark, it doesn't do anything, so I can go back to snoozing. Yes, please deny it. Would you agree? Um, yes, I do often encourage folks to do stuff animal. If I get asked. Uh-huh. I usually don't get asked. It's a presenter decided, like, I think you. If you want a real dog, <laughs> come back next year. Because, I mean, I just, which is tough, but, but it's really. It's really most people want something to take the batteries out of. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they have those little ones, don't they? Like little robots. I shouldn't say most, but yeah. I mean, I don't know how many dog owners there are, but I, mean, I think there's so much unconditional love available, and so it's like such a big doorway into the heart. Mm-hmm. You know. But you have to be there for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's the. Uh, that's the sadness, right? People don't realize that, that uh, it seems like this is going to take something away from me when in fact it's going to give me so much. Mm-hmm. Wow. What else? Anybody? Anything? Yeah, Rebecca. So, um, a, a while back I was doing some writing on parenting and this is bringing up a lot of the stuff I was seeing around that, which is that it, for me, it all comes down to the one rule. You know, you said a minute ago it would be a hard sell for people. And 
I think the the linchpin in all of this perspective being sort of able to come in is the one rule when the, that we will use everything in our experience to see how we're caused to suffer so we drop it in and suffering. When that's in place, then I, and I project anyway, well in my experience, it opens up the doorway for all these benefits that we've been talking about. Whether it's parenting or having a dog or a pet of any kind or the way we are with food or politics, anything actually. Mm-hmm. It all, it's like getting the horse before the cart. And once we got the horse before the cart, then we can go anywhere and enjoy the process of anything. Mm-hmm. But until then, mm-hmm. then we're always going to be in, well, I want my kid to be a, a good student, or I want my dog to not jump up, or I want, it's always a, it's always a subject-object relationship. It's always conditional. Mm-hmm. conditional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and subject-object in the sense that everything reflects mm-hmm. on me, mm-hmm. right? So my kids have to be the way they are because they're going to reflect on me, my pet has to, my house has to, my everything has to, because it's all about yeah, and the thing that I think dogs, perhaps particularly, and kids have in common, or have going for them, that we have going for us when we have dogs or kids, is that the, it seems the love is just so, it's so near the surface, that if we, if we can do it with anything, Hopefully, you know, to me, it's them. You know, those kinds of things. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true, but that's my Well, with, with kids, in my experience, for a while. <laughs> before the 11. Before yeah. the 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, with dogs, it mm-hmm. tends to just continue, which does kind of put the weight on their side of the, yeah. of the scales. Yeah, by the time kids are like 12 or 13, you just have so much invested in them that you can't really cut them. And they have so little invested in us. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Yeah. And they're a law to protect them. Right. <laughs> you can't kill them. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it, not to derail, but um, they don't want to be there and we can't let them go. Which is the, the rub. When you say can't let them go, you mean emotionally yeah. or legal? Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Legally, you can. You leave them off anywhere. Uh, I mean, you know, you might get in some trouble, but nobody's going to make you take them back. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a trick, it's a trick. But by then, we're so attached, mm. yeah, it, which I think also happens with, with creatures. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you live with them for 10 or 12 or 15 or whatever it is, number of years, and then, this is my argument against them, they die. Mm. Yeah. Somebody was making a point about some, it was something like that. It was a recent conversation about how dogs die at about the same time that kids emancipate or something like that. Well, that would be good. Get a, get a dog with a, a life expectancy of 15 years Yeah. when you have your first child. Yeah. And then they both Mm-hmm. You can practice letting go at yeah. the same time. Talk about emptiness. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I don't know where we got how we got there, but that's yeah, that was. That was 
Somebody, and I found this out for the first time through my noses. There's doggy daycare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it's big. It, it, is it? Mm-hmm. Well, well, because of the situation, I think, right, people that love their dogs, I mean, this sounds a little crazy, but it, it's better than them sitting in a kennel in the house. Oh, absolutely. It, it's crazy, but it's good. And this person I was talking to said the same thing. You know, this is a really social dog. And she loved, I mean, it's, you know, it's like, <laughs> like when you're, you know, your kid mm-hmm. forgets to say goodbye, <laughs> right? At first they're like, And then it's like they just jump out of the car and go because their friends are there, right? And so here's, here's the dog, to, you know, doggy daycare just bounds out of the car and away it goes. It's like, what about me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and... The other thing that came to mind is when <laughs> when we first met the dog, I mean, we love the dog. And, but there's not, you know, training is, needs to Training. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I researched a training book. So this is sort of, this is fascinating to me. Because I, I saw that trend of hardcore, or, and the only one that seemed palatable, or, from this view, was that where you're, just like with people, you see the good, and you reward that, and everything's based on that. So that was fascinating. I thought, well, I think, it seems like dog owners, just like parents, you know, you start out, and you're learning as you go. Mm. And uh, you don't know what you're getting into always. In fact, in most of Ever, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was, I heard the conversation here on that whatever mm-hmm. about a month or two ago, and it was so powerful, helpful in the big perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is all one process, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is all one process. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and so that's why it was. Who cares if it's dogs, kids? I mean. We're looking at that. Everything but cats. I think you have a better chance with bunnies, actually, <laughs> than cats. But we trained our cats. Did you? Wow. I mean, survival stuff. We trained <laughs> Like, one was not on the dining room table. Well, I just, uh, the only thing I'll mention is, 
one of them was so obsessively, you know, we're just against you, constantly you just thought, leave me alone. I mean, it was like there was something wrong with the cat. It was so non-stop. And we taught him to lay down. And when he lay down, he got all the petting he wanted. It worked. Wow. It took a while. Yeah. But it saved us. It saved and the cat's life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, but it was that, that quote, positive, I don't know what they call it now, but rewarding what the behavior you want. <laughs> but it took a lot of effort. It took well, a that, lot of attention. Yeah, that's, that's just it, right? Yeah. It takes a lot of being present, a lot of consistency, a lot of wanting to be there and, and pay attention to do that. Yeah, and I, my experience with dogs, it's not, I mean, I had them as a child, we didn't have, but it's the same thing. And when I lived with other people in college time, every, this one dog wouldn't stop, one of the people in the house, their dog wouldn't stop barking. But nobody was paying any, finally, and somebody got really violent with the dog, and that just sent, it was horrible. So I decided I was going to stay with that dog until we, I figured out what was going on, and it was death. Mm. It was death, oh, and no one had sent the. I mean, I'm not. I don't mean to take credit for this in any right. way. I just couldn't stand what was happening to the dog, and what people's reaction to that. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I think what we're talking about, the attention, mm-hmm. is so critical, and it's like everything else. We can't. <laughs> we're not always there 100 percent of the time, mm-hmm. but we do our best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and in my experience, dogs and kids tend to be very forgiving. They, you know, they, they don't actually require a hundred percent. Just good, solid, regular effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're they're so grateful for whatever they get. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's been my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait to see all. I mean, I'm loving this conversation and yeah, the book that might that might be right. And I, I hope we're ready because uh, I haven't said this. I don't think I've said this to anybody here, but uh, you know, our dogs are definitely geriatric at this point, and um, you know, at some point we're going to have to face the loss. Um, and I think a place like this should have a dog. And so it'll be interesting to see how we all do that mm-hmm. when, when it's a, uh, a dog who, who joins the community instead of somebody has... Of course, I guess Pache is that way. I mean, Sadie was yours from the very beginning, although we certainly all participated with her, but Pache really did come in as mm-hmm. everybody's dog. And just whoever was available to take care of him at any point, he's staying with somebody, and then they have to go somewhere, and he stays with somebody else. And I think I think they're both because of that. They seem really well adjusted and um, happy. And I, with Sadie, Sadie was always happy. Uh, but Pache was not. He, he just we were talking about that, and I don't know. I'm not even sure if Sequoia was here, but the just the constant whining all the time. I mean, you talk about that cat. 
He had to be literally lying in your lap. That was the only time he wasn't crying. Mm-hmm. Crying, 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 crying. Mm-hmm. Whining, 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 whining. It took forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very abused and um, skinny. Skinny and scared and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. He had a very bad, not a very bad childhood because he was four when we found him. So. Um, that's a lot of years to, I'm guessing, be in pretty rough circumstances. And you know, he is really one of the sweetest creatures I've ever met in my life, truly. Mm-hmm. And he's so sweet the way he just, you know, <laughs> you know interacts with someone. He just, he just comes up and like <laughs> comes against you, but like not hard, but not soft either. Mm-hmm. Just like really bump into you, you know, kind of like. He's just right there, you know, mm-hmm. he's coming in to, oh, great, so, so sweet. <laughs> oh, and the other thing I just remembered um, is, remember when Teresa was here from Zambia? Mm. And in Zambia, of course, really different relationship with dogs. You can have one this big and everybody in town will be afraid to come near your house. Terrified. And that's what they're used for, truly. I mean, that's the only reason people have dogs. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're just on the street running, you know, wandering around starving to death. So she was terrified of the dog. Terrified. And by the end of her stay, she totally loved them. Mm. That's so sweet. Yeah. I know this with Pache, you know, I, I've heard those stories. And I remember when he was kind of new here, when I would come on retreat, and I would see the, you know, the, the little pen that people had beyond built for him. And he was on a strict regimen. I didn't understand it all, but I knew. So I kind of had an inkling of what he had gone through in his training and and how he got to be this amazing, gentle, well-adjusted dog that we I knew now. And a few couple of years ago, we went up to uh, Alpine Lake for a day, and I could see the neurotic Pache coming out again around all those people uh-huh. and it was just so um, poignant mm. you know and to, to, so we got I know in my time we kind of each took turns having him for a few hours and you know I, I got him off as much as possible by ourselves and he loved lying in the water in the shallow you know part of the lake <coughs> you know and then he would calm down but it was just how I don't know. It, it just struck me how we're never finished. You know, we're, you know, we, uh-huh. we that that trauma is right there under the surface. Yeah, he can be the, that calm here, yeah. out of those circumstances, but yeah. put him back in those circumstances, and it all just gets activated. Yeah. Again. Well, and how and bringing him into some compassion and care and real direct attention calms him down again. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like just like us. Mm-hmm. Just like us. Yeah. Yeah, bringing him back <laughs> from Los Angeles to here. Oh. I'm just crying and screaming every mm. every foot of the way. Mm. Yeah. He hadn't been so good looking. <laughs> he uh, is a good looking. Oh my God! And and uh, it, it, so I know you've all heard these stories, but uh, in that place where we were in South Central Los Angeles, it's full people of color and they were as terrified of him as anybody in Zambia 
and so we took him into this room, and you know, what are we, what are we going to do? Because they, they did not want him there. <laughs> He, he went over and lay down in the corner and went. <laughs> and I said, "You're with us." <laughs> and he was so regal and elegant and yeah. Anyway, anything else on this topic? You know, it's interesting. I was looking at the thing of you know rewarding good behavior and like that, and that's not really how I retrained Sadie. I mean, I, and it's interesting because, like, I'm thinking of her, one of the things I had learned was leave it. Um, so when she'd eat, for example, cat poop, <laughs> that's a specialty, um, that I would use that, you know, or just whatever, more, more like, like digging in the garden or, you know, scratching it, picking up slippers. You know, that was special. She wasn't puppy. Oh, completely. Mm -hmm. And chewing things, mm -hmm. you know. It took me the longest time to realize, oh, it's always my slippers she's taking. And she knew, which was perfect. But I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's something to feel really good about, right? Exactly. <laughs> but, you know. but anyway, so I was just looking at that and how it felt very clean. Like, training her that way did not feel, because I didn't have anything going about it, it was just a, this is what needs to happen. And I, it was interesting to watch that, you know, I never was a parent, and so I didn't, I, I didn't see myself mirrored in that way. But to watch how I am with her is really interesting. But there's a really big difference between that and times where I watch myself get so, oh, which was a completely conditioned reaction, uh -huh. versus the training of leave it. It didn't feel unkind at all. Mm -hmm. It just felt like that's what needs to happen in order for her to live here. Mm -hmm. I could to fit in. To fit in. Mm -hmm. You know, my um, someone in my family got two puppies at the same time. Mm -hmm. Big lab and little tiny um, terrier. Like a year after they got married. So <laughs> there was just so much going on. And they needed to be trained badly. And they weren't getting trained. And this is a family who has quite a bit of money, and the response was, we don't want to spend the money on it. Hmm. And I just thought, and so the, the consequence was, dogs were in their crates a lot. Mm -hmm. Because they can't be there when they're dinner, they can't be there when this is, they can't be there when this, they can't be there when this. And it struck me, it's like, wow, no one's making that connection that our unwillingness to train them is an unkindness to them. Mm -hmm. Because that can't, you know, so in Sadie's case, if she wasn't trained in those ways, then she's going to have to be off in the ha ha all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Much like kids. Exactly. You don't train them, people don't like them. They don't like them. The a harsh place for them. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, Did you have something, Brian? Or? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jodine. Um, two things keep coming up for me. Um, one was that uh, <coughs> you talked about um, that some that a person can have an attitude towards their body that that is my slave. Yes. Um, and it seems like so many people that's their attitude toward a dog. 
Uh -huh. yeah. Oh, oh, what a good point. This is this is somebody uh, that I can treat the way I don't get to treat anybody else, but I feel treated. <laughs> right? I get pushed around and I can't push back, but I can make this. It's like the woman I knew who had terrible weight issues and the skinniest dog. The dog looked like it was going to die at any moment. She had it on such a rigid eating program. So that kind of working out my own personality issues on something that uh, can't defend itself. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and the other thing was um, this, this book I read about a woman who trains sled dogs. Um, and uh, she lived most of the year in the city, but then she went up to Alaska or something and, and trained dogs and raised them. Um, but she always wanted her like champion dog with her, so she took him back to like the urban area where she lived. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating book. She couldn't build a fence that would keep this dog in. And at least she wouldn't keep it in the house, you know, like she couldn't go that far. Um, but interestingly, the dog would get out of whatever she contrived, um, and then he'd come home after like three or four days. <laughs> Just had to go on a little adventure once in a while. Yeah, well this, this is what happened over and over, and finally, she happened to be an anthropologist, and she decided, I'm going to find out what he's doing. Right? And she followed him on his, you know, adventures. Um, and he, like, had these ingenious ways of crossing busy streets, <laughs> and, like, you know, all this stuff. But the, but the fascinating thing that she found out was that what he was doing was he had these routes that he went. He was contacting other dogs. Oh, wow. And he would just like go to the fence and sit there and hang out with that dog and then go on to the next one. Oh. Wow. That's, that is interesting for uh, the way we are trained to think of them. That the dog will be happy to come home and just live with people mm -hmm. rather than yeah. preferring their own <coughs> people. Yeah, and I think that, I'm not sure, but I think that her stuff and other people's, you know, research into this is the genesis of this doggy daycare thing. Like, the, the animal has a certain, like, I don't know, primal need, you know. Um, be with other dogs. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so, mm -hmm. I was glad when I heard about that. I thought there'd be worse ways to make a living mm -hmm. than doggy daycare. <laughs> <laughs> we might think about that. Be <laughs> 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 great training for us. Doggy monastic training. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, what else?
Um, well, so thank you for that. Mm. Uh, it's very it's touching. Um, and um, and I think that'll be there when I go away from here. You know, that's, uh, well, I mean, while I'm here, <laughs> um, I heard a voice today say, One of them said, I wonder what kind of big old freaking meltdown I'm about to have. And uh, I guess it was Saturday I heard a voice say, I'm really getting my butt kicked here. And I was sad, it was really, really clear. I picked up on that right away. It, was just, it just felt like it was a very it was a startling, like, who's... Mm-hmm. I'm sorry for you, but... <laughs> I don't, you know, but... Or actually, my reaction was, I bet you are, because I knew what it was. But it sounded so much like me, right? I mean, it's like it... And then today, again, because of the experience Saturday, and I recognized, like, oh, and so it was sort of sobering come back here signal but it really is sort of giving me a different perspective on because uh, up to now the practice I I can hear or maybe just what I haven't tuned into so much yet is when it talks like it's me versus when it calls me you if it calls me you and it's not saying something pretty kind like a mentor might say. I know what channel to see the station on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later, I heard a voice say, I don't want to be left alone with the commission. And it also sounds like me. And so, and watching it and struggling and in and out of identity and all that and I'm like what? Well it's only a group. <laughs> uh, it seems like dropping it and coming here is kind for the or maybe not for the freak out because I don't know it gave me pause at first I was like oh you're you're the same one who's getting your butt kicked so I don't have to care about it I don't pay attention to you you're just trying to take my attention and then like, it was like I mean I thought I don't know and so did it feel like there was a, a subtle difference or are, are you not able to necessarily with the with the meltdown, it sounds like the I don't want to be left alone with conditioning had a different feel. Um, well, the thing I think that has always been convincing to me is that like I I have found little pieces of heart and authenticity over the years of this practice inside wrapped up in ugly, wrapped up in ugly. Mm. There's an unmet need 
And so there's this lonely little desperate part of me that only gets to come out when it's time to behave badly. And for you, for you, I was like, oh, that's just conditioning. That's made out of push that away. There's actually part of it calling to me. And so I don't know. Mm-hmm. And is that okay? Yes, let's just occur to me, maybe. There's the, the speaking to you, right? The, um, and you don't know. Um, you had such a clear sense when I'm getting my butt kicked here. Uh, you recognized that immediately for what it was, or very quickly for what it was. But it sounds like these two, not not so clear exactly yeah. where that was coming from. Yeah, that I've been kind of in and out of the dark room. Since Friday, today is Thursday. That's a very long time. In and out. No. Uh huh. Okay. And I think it was probably Friday, so seven days here before uh, condition peaked out. <laughs> you know, I'm fabulous time. Uh huh. And I continue to have time. But I'm also getting workshop. Mm hmm. And so, which is good. Oh, it's good. It's very good. It's a long way to come. It's a long time to be for that work. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it sounds like maybe a two-handed recording would be a good thing with both of those. Maybe one and then the other. Yeah. You know, who, who, who said that? I don't want to be left alone with conditioning. And, and the, the, uh, the other one as well. Um, with the meltdown. Is that, who is that? Is, is that, is that somebody making a very, kind of a similar uh, plea for support or help or attention or whatever? Or is it the, uh, more like the, the, uh, let me just slide in and Use a voice that sounds very much like yours and uh, say these things. Um, see if you can get some some clarity. Yeah, the, the in and out of the dark room is about the sense of not knowing myself and that I get beat up for anything that seems like inauthenticity. And that seems to go way, way back. And it's surprising still, even though it's not the first, you know, I, mean, I sort of expected it to show up again here. Uh, but what it can do to my body and my... That you get beaten up for not being authentic? Yeah. Yeah, that... the story in there and it's rehearsed and it's and it's and someone believes it and feels it and and suffers with it sometimes and sometimes like a 
sometimes it seems like it just gets enough energy or it's got all it can get and then I hang in there and poof, like, well, see what happens next time that comes around. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, with that kind of attack, um, first of all, of course, the most important thing is to remember that it's a projection. Right? So inauthenticity is projecting <laughs> inauthenticity. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my exercises for those are the ones that say, what the voice says is, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And that's a lie. Because what's mm-hmm. actually true is, and to create those recordings with whatever variation of language is appropriate, mm-hmm. um, and to listen to those until that sort of accusation just automatically triggers. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not true. What's really true is, and you'll find yourself just <laughs> going to that experience because that's what you're used to doing with that kind of uh, hateful information. Yeah. Okay. That's useful. Mm-hmm. And add the that's a projection. That's a projection as well. Yeah. That's being that inauthenticity is projecting that experience. That's not my experience. It's, it's, it's confusing then when believing. So there's a part that believes that. And maybe. May, well, okay, right. Yes, maybe. Right. Maybe. There's something that keeps it going. Yes. And, and very often... Of course, as we've been talking about, conditioning knows how to mimic everything. It's been around, it's been paying attention a lot longer than we have. Uh, so to become somebody who gets upset over that, kind of, or believes it and feels bad or feels mm-hmm. guilty, that's a role that ego can play very, very easily. So one of the ways that we can get kind of past that is... Uh, is there a desire to hold on to that? Mm-hmm. Anytime there's a desire to hold on to a story, we know it's ego. Mm-hmm. So that's a projection, and what the voices say seem like two really good. Yeah, that 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 system is projecting itself. It always, it's always doing that. Whatever negativity it's saying to a person is a projection. That's why projection is so important to catch on to, right? Um, because if I'm not thinking it, and I'm not saying it, then it's not my experience. So who's having the experience? The voice that's saying it is what's having the experience. So when we get that piece of it, then to recognize that we can go to our own experience and call out, call that out for the lie that it is. What you're, what you're saying to me is not true. That's a lie. It's, you're projecting that, but it's a lie. What's true for me is, and then you say what is true for you. And so the identified part, or the being identified, what makes that hard? If I identify, I can't do That's that. That's right. Because it's me then saying it, I think. 
Uh, it's you receiving it. It seemed like it was me. It could have been me saying. Saying that. I wonder what kind of meltdown about that. Oh, oh, we're on the meltdown. Well, okay. I'm but, 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 <laughs> we're back on the authenticity. Yeah. So, yes. Those, those two things are connected. Yes, same. yes. So, That's you're not sure who said that. Right. Yes, you're not, which is the two-handed recording. Okay. Right? So, you let that person who said that talk about what that experience is like, being afraid of a meltdown. Now, if there's nobody who wants to talk about that, Kids, mm-hmm. yeah, projection. Oh my God, super rich place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Jenny. Um, I'll chime on, chime in on getting my butt kicked. <laughs> um, but first, I'll just say that um, the recordings that I have of, that you were describing are some of the most powerful ones I have, you know, because I'm always in that conversation, and so, like, um, and the language I use is, um, uh, when, when conditioning, blah, 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 I want you to remember that, you know. What is true. Yes. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So, yes, that's an excellent kind of a little spin on it. Yeah, so when, when conditioning is saying this, doing this, blah, 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 I want you to remember, and then you say what is true. Mm-hmm. Because that's like remembering is the key thing. You know, remembering in that situation mm-hmm. is so key. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like <clears throat> the whole dumb story will just <clears throat> fall apart. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Excuse me. So, um, so I've been here three days, and um, and I've been dealing with um, something that happens a lot when I first come to the monastery for whatever length of time. Um, is that um, I have all this back pain, um, which is like uh, not really part of my, you know home life, mm-hmm. um, but it can get... It's really a special <laughs> monastery. <laughs> right, right. Well, <clears throat> today I was actually wondering if, you know, somehow it can do this to me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so the, the most intense um, part of it is usually sitting. Um, like, like moving is okay, and... Um, <clears throat> But, but sitting just can be like thumbscrews, like, um, and, and I have all these kind of like alternative postures to <laughs> survive, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and with the emphasis on communicating, 
um, for being a visiting monk. Um, I have, I am in the process now of, of communicating about this. Um, and wow, <laughs> um, today was a huge workshop um, in in getting through the sittings. Um, well, getting through the day, basically. Um, like, because actually the first sit in the morning, I'm good for whatever reason. Um, and and then the working meditation, and you know, and then the sitting again, and then more working meditation and sitting again. Um, and just like life at home, huh? <laughs> well, you know what? It's like. Um, as I as I saw myself going into the process of surviving it, um, I was seeing just everything that it tells me, um, you know, at home. Yes, which is just like life at home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yes, it's to be expected, right? Because it's just it's just a completely it's just completely different than anything most people do in their regular life. And so people at every level of fitness struggle in, in the same way because it's just, it's just not what we're used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I would encourage you, yes, to get all the help you can with you know, assisting with posture and that sort of thing, but also just go on ahead and survive it <laughs> yeah. because you will get used to it. And, and uh, quicker than certainly those voices would tell us. Uh, yeah. Um, I, um, there was a point today where, where um, I actually got to, um, you, know, uh, is it so, you know, is it so that this is like uninterrupted? You know, like, what does it actually feel like? You know? Yes. Um, Where does unendurable live? Yeah. Now, which part is that? Is it that... Can I, can I find the, the exact place where that resides? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get distracted by some juicy story about whatever. And I'm not in pain. <laughs> <laughs> and then I come to, and I come back, and there it is again. <laughs> you think, mm-hmm. uh, maybe there's more to this than. <laughs> Can you record that story as a pain reliever? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's what I mean. I'm sure everybody in this room has done it. Um, just. Come up with something yeah. juicy enough. Uh, I, I, I told people the first time somebody in a group said that, oh, well, I just fantasize about sex through the whole thing. <laughs> huh. Wow. That sort of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So, it's kind of tried and true, you know, to. To once you realize that if you're distracted, you're not in pain, yeah. 
then to pursue the distraction seems just intelligent. And then we get to that point of being interested in how the whole process works. Yeah. Um, there's an, another part of this was that the, the last of the day has been the worst. Um, and uh, in, the, in the working meditation period, it was telling me, um, you're going to break down and cry in the sit. Uh-huh. And, and it's like nothing up to that point was as bad as buying into that mm, that threat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds a lot like the uh, meltdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, a meltdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I had communicated with it, communicated already, um, I, I asked my supervisor, um, or I just brought it to my supervisor, you know, it's, it's getting worse. And, um, uh, you know, it, could I take a break right now, you know? And, and it, the answer was yes. Um, so, uh, this may seem like, you know, maybe, I don't know, this is just a karmic thing for me, you know, like asking for an exception to be made for me um, is, uh, you know, and like um, not pulling my weight. Um, it's, it's, it's busting, the, the communication like busts up the karma. Yes, yeah. yes, which actually uh, will very likely free you to explore. Because right? if, if the voices have us in this place of, okay, with, you're, you're stuck here and you just got to gut it through no matter what. And then everything is just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. But if you realize that you can, if it gets really bad, you can say something. You take a break. It's okay. That's fine. Then you're free to explore more because all of that pressure of it has to be this, it has to, you can't, you, you need to, you, you've got, that's removed. So now you can see, well, how far can I go with this before I need to say, okay, that's enough. I need to take time out. Day three. (laughs) Yes, how are you doing? I'm good. I was, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know, it was interesting coming into groups. It's like, not my energetic ready to talk about something self, but just being here and seeing stuff come through. And what's been coming through is just how grateful I am for the training that's gone on here. And that piece about um, by not giving those dogs the training, then you know, you build eat dinner and do this, and you got to put them in their crate, got to put them in their crate. And it's like, it seems like at this place in, in training now, I, there's a lot of freedom to do things that wouldn't have been kind to have me do previously. And it, so, you know, when you first come in, you have like a supervisor and they instruct you directly on the task and then you, and then you do it. 
And now it's kind of at a place more of like, here's a project, tell us how you're going to go about it, and then go do it. And, um, yeah, I don't, it, you talked one time in your training about how you were, you're doing the training, you're doing the training, and then at some point your uh, teacher kind of cut you loose, and you would go on these walks with Tuffy, you would go hiking, and you had, and I kind of feel like a lot of that's going on for me now. And I'm just <laughs> so grateful for hanging in there with all the stuff that I quote hated and didn't like. Um, but just that, that that larger picture that someone was holding to um, take that kind of care and attention to to do it bit by bit and to essentially till I got the attention better trained not to go to condition mind. Yes. Yes. Because you get to the point where you don't want to go to condition mind. Yeah. yeah. Then then exploring all of the places that you can get pulled into condition mind is really uh, it's you you want to do that because you want to know all of the places mm-hmm. that you want to make a choice not to do that. Mm-hmm. But until you, as long as you think you want to get pulled into conditioned mind, mm-hmm. as long as it's wanting to indulge whatever it is that that comes up, then then the kind of the what the restraints. Yeah. The restraints need to be in place because yeah. otherwise, boom, right over the nearest cliff. Exactly. And uh, so, yes. Yeah, and just the point, I mean, just that training of, like, when I first came to practice, there would be that place of um, not to have better ideas. And I didn't, I was like, what are you talking about? Isn't it great? Isn't it great? Like, if you have a good idea, you should share it. I didn't know that. And, um, yeah, so to bump up against that and someone say, that's, that's it. That's, you know, that's like a better idea. Don't do that. Yeah, like if you're carrying something heavy with someone, it's good to point out that there's a, there's a, something you might step on. But it's right. not really a good idea to go, you know what, I think the way we should do this right now is... Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And just, just all kinds of things like that, like, um, I mean, especially communication. And well, I'm, I'm sure that it's just fine if I go do this. And don't realize somebody else already had a huge plan by me going and doing that without communicating. I just messed up the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Just all those assumptions that we're making. Yes. And I, and I feel like, like you said, I've, I've gone into so many of them. You just get really grateful for all those notes that you got. <laughs> yes. Because exactly. now, I'm famil- and now it's, on, it's in my awareness. I can, before, like, I'd already just have gotten into it. And so I'd both hold up a flag to me, you know, like, or a mirror, hey, you're over here in this, uh, oh. And now I'm, it's like, as I'm going about, I see, oh, that's how over there, and, uh, oh, that's over there. Yes. Okay, I'm here. Yes. And then there's, and it just becomes that training that we were talking about, that kind of more, <laughs> just imagine for a long time, you know, to the cat, lay down, cat, lay down. <laughs> there was a lot of that, and now I, it, it's just, it happens. Yes. You know, there's just a, something comes up, there's a connection to communicating, and I find myself communicating. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. And, can, and if there are still places where you don't, you're grateful that there's somebody who is uh, going to point it out to you, because... We get to the place where wandering around blindly forever is not attractive. It's not appealing to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. 
So everybody yeah. who can help me, please help me. Yeah, and it's such a good place to be, you know, as opposed to try and look good and get approval and figure out what they want and then do it. Yeah, and have my own way. And have my own way. Yeah, it's just, um, well, I just, it's given a ton of freedom. I feel like I'm out there with Tuppy on those hikes, you know, and it's just, it's invaluable. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's hard to get that at first at the beginning. Of, oh, it's of almost training. impossible. You know, uh, we were t- it, I was talking with somebody about it recently, and it's the um, painting or music or, you know, I just want to write my own music, okay? I don't. I don't want to learn. I. I don't need to know how to read music, or I. Don't, I don't. I just want to. I just want to write my music. Why can't anybody see how good it is? <laughs> it's really good. Uh, and then we go through the process of learning, uh, the discipline, learning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and everything is like that. Is when we learn the discipline. Then we're free to explore. Before that, we're just wandering around, being no help to anybody, especially ourselves. Yeah, I think I remember talking about this. That's a lot of some famous artists and who was was talking about that. Mm-hmm. You have to get the discipline, the basics down. Then you're mm-hmm. free. But if you can't do that, then right. Yeah, just throwing paint on a canvas uh. worked for Jackson Pollock, <laughs> but it might not work for everybody. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, thanks ever so.